Hendon. Hi, Judith. How are you? Hello, Serge. I'm well. And good. you? Good, good. So, Judith, what is your work about? Well, this work, which is called Conscious Body, is about following body symptoms to what may be going on inside a person that may be connected to that symptom. Now, that in and of itself doesn't sound like anything new. I'm aware of that. The slant of this work is that it's based on the existence of inner selves. I want to just slow you down a little bit because, sure. of course, in lots of ways, it's not new and many people are familiar with psychosomatic processes, but it's really a way to say that your work is about uh, taking something that to the outside, to the layperson, is totally, uh, has nothing to do with the inside, like a headache, like a backache. Yes. and um, relating it to inside and then processing it and working on it. and Exactly right. That's exactly right, yes. And the foundation for the work is Jungian in origin. There's a, a work out in the world called Voice Dialogue and the Psychology of Selves, mm-hmm. Which was developed by Drs. Hal and Sidra Stone, clinical psychologists based now in California. And Hal Stone was a Jungian and developed work that allows us to get in touch with these different parts inside. They get to come out, it's, it's a little different from the Jungian work called Active Imagination that many people are familiar with. In voice dialogue, you move over and a part actually comes out and speaks, mm-hmm. and it has its own energy, its own point of view, and uh, is very clearly a person in the psyche. Mm-hmm. These selves occur as opposites within us. There may be a part of us that we're identified with. We call it in voice dialogue a primary self. Jung called it the persona or mm-hmm. the mask. And then there's an opposite, more buried part, which we call disowned. Jung called it shadow. And when we are working with body symptoms, usually a disowned self, a buried self, is trying to come up. When we are familiar with selves, how they sound, what their energies are like, as we work with body symptoms, we can recognize selves that are appearing, a disowned self that's trying to come through and the primary self that's trying to keep it down because it just hasn't felt safe to be that way in life. Yeah, yeah. So there is um, a theory, um, a working hypothesis that there is a primary self, what Jung called the persona, and a disowned self, what Jung called the shadow, Mm-hmm. And that the symptom, the psychosomatic symptom, the difficulty, uh, actually may be resulting from a conflict where that disowned part, that shadow, uh, does not have the room it needs to express itself. True. The interesting thing is that each of these selves have energetic qualities. If I can give you an example... Great. Let's say there is a very uh, a part of a person that takes care of other people. I'll let that energy through my voice a little bit. Mm-hmm. If I let that caretaking part speak, it might sound something like this. 
You know, whenever I'm around someone, I'm looking for what they need. It's like I've got radar up. And whether it's a family member or a friend or just somebody on the bus, I want to help them. I always put them before myself. Mm. Okay? Now, that's a self that comes up sometimes behind a symptom. And let's hear what the opposite self sounds like and its and how its energy is different. You know what? I am so tired of that. I want... I don't care about these people. I want to focus on myself. I would like somebody to take care of me. I'm tired of washing the dishes. I'm tired of doing the grocery shopping. I'm tired of going to visit the parents you know, when some other sibling won't do it, I'm really done. Mm-hmm. And this energy, if you can feel it, it's strong, and uh, and I would do things very, very differently. Yeah. So, so as you embody these two uh, parts, uh, they come across not just as parts, but as full people. You know, exactly that- right. That's the gift of voice dialogue. Mm-hmm. That these parts come across as full people. They are full people within yeah. us. Now, the interesting thing is when you're working with a body symptom and you go inside, and I can tell you a little bit more about how we do this if you like mm-hmm. um, in a moment, but these cells start to come up. And what usually comes up is a disowned self. And as you heard, it comes up with its own energy. And that energy shifts the energy of the body. Just as when I was demonstrating that for you, my body felt very different in those two places. You could probably experience that Mm -hmm. in your own body. Or anyone listening can experience that in their own body. So as these parts come up, they fill our body with a different energy. And that gives us two things, two gifts. One is we begin to incorporate this disowned self, this shadow self, into our life, and we allow that energy to permeate the body. When we allow that energy to permeate the body, sometimes the body symptom actually goes away. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people have, dis- have uh, found that in their work. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so in a way, you're talking about um, something. The 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 symptom is um, just actually a symptom of that energy not flowing, of not being able to uh, the disowned self not being able to express itself. Exactly right. Now, as we agreed earlier, this is nothing new. We know about blocked energy. We know that that can be the cause of illness. Mm-hmm. What we're doing with conscious body is finding the specific self and its particular energy. Mm -hmm. And so shall I describe to you how we do that? That would be great, you know. Okay. Um, The first thing we do is we sit with the client and we ask for all their ideas about what may be going on here. We also ask for all of the information about the history of the symptom, medical treatments that have been attempted, etc., the results of those treatments. And we take notes and we allow everything that is known rationally about Mm -hmm. the symptom to be expressed. 
There's a self that we work with in voice dialogue called the rational mind. You're familiar with the Mm -hmm. mind. And this is allowing the rational mind to speak. Yeah. So in other words, it's not something where you just push aside the rational mind in favor of going to something more emotional or more hidden, but it has a room and, uh, you know, it has a purpose and it has a function in the process. Exactly right. It took me 10 years to discover the different elements of this process. And, for example, in this case, if I didn't speak to the rational mind at the beginning, it would always come up in the middle of the session. Mm. The person might already be very relaxed, and then the rational mind might come in and say, you know, you need some information that I haven't told you yet. (laughs) So that's when I learned to ask for it at the beginning. Mm -hmm. The next thing we do is that we speak to the part, again, talking in terms of parts, we speak to the part that does not want to do this work. Mm. That, again, grew organically out of the explorations over a decade. Because when we're going into the body in this way, sometimes the things that come up are not too dangerous, like the example I just gave you. I worked with a woman with arthritis, for example, who discovered this part that wanted to take care of her versus her huge caretaker. That kind of thing can come up. But other things come up that are really uh, deep or difficult. And we're diving into the psyche and we need to get permission. Mm -hmm. If we don't, the road is very often blocked. Again, this was learning through experience. I'll tell you a very short story about it. Um, I was working with a woman who was coming for quite a while. She was herself a therapist, coming to work on a body symptom. And uh, every time she would get here, we would talk about many things, but we would never get to the body symptom, even though I would bring it up now and then. Long story short, one day I finally said, you know, I just wonder if there's a part of you that doesn't want to do this work with the body. She said, no, I'm not mm-hmm. at all. I, I drive 45 minutes each way to get here. I'm giving my time and my money. I want to do this. I said, would you humor me? And let's just see if there's anybody around. And so she, in the way we work with voice dialogue, she moved over and we met the part of her. Mm-hmm. It didn't want to be there. It crossed its arms. It crossed its legs. It sort of snuggled back into the mm-hmm. corner of the sofa and said, well, you found me. Mm-hmm. And I do not want to be here. And I have no idea what's going to come up. And I don't want to do this work with the body. And I spoke with it. I said, I'm so glad to meet you. Mm -hmm. And it said, you are? You must be kidding. You thought you wanted to get rid of me. I said, no, 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 no. We want to meet you. Mm -hmm. Talk to us. Tell us what are your concerns. Tell us what you'd like us to do. And we talked for a half an hour at least. And then I said, what could you describe yourself? And it said, I'm a knight in full armor on a horse, with a ten-foot lance, and I will not let anything endanger her. Wow. Yeah. So I said, thank you so much. So then I spoke to the woman again. She moved back over to her original seated position, and I said, wow. She said, wow. So um, she was, in fact, an artist, 
and I asked if she would be willing to draw this mm-hmm. night. And she said, well, let's see. So the next time she came in, she brought in an oil painting she'd done. It was about three feet by a foot and a half or something of the knight in full armor on a horse with a lance. Mm. And we, we put it up on a tall stool in the office so that its presence was there. And we spoke to it again, of course, but we had its presence there and her work proceeded from then on. Mm. So that's just one interesting story about this part that I call the gatekeeper. It's mm-hmm. known as resistance and we work with it, but uh, it's very useful and productive to talk with it, particularly yeah. if you're going deeply into the body. Yeah, so they're very, very welcoming, uh, inviting, welcoming, uh, but also very much as you were describing her position, and I, you were describing the, the, the position, the crossing the arms, crossing the legs, so just again that sense that it's uh, her whole self becomes that. Exactly right. Exactly right, yep. Okay, so following the trail of how we find the self behind the symptom, mm-hmm. once we've done that, if we've gotten a green light from the gatekeeper, and sometimes, by the way, we don't, and we honor that. If there's been buried trauma, a gatekeeper can be very, very strong, and we can work with it for weeks or months. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can also track it in dreams as it may arise, as uh, images of a path in the woods that, peters out or a person walking in a hallway and the hallway gets smaller and smaller until there can be no more forward motion. Images like that show us how strong the gatekeeper is and we honor that. When we do, then we're allowed in when it's safe. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's assume we've got a green light. The client lies down either on a body or table or the sofa or the floor wherever they're most comfortable. And I talk them through a brief relaxation, very common one, just to relax the whole body, emphasizing the relaxation of the rational mind so that the body psyche can take over. And then the client focuses their attention on the energy of the physical symptom. Let me clarify, it's not on the body part. So if there's cancer, we aren't talking to a breast. Mm-hmm. It's also not focusing on the physiology of the symptoms. So if there's cancer, we're not talking to a tumor. We're just acknowledging that there's an energy there. We don't know what it is, but there's an energy. Just um, uh, to backtrack a little bit, when the person is relaxing, is the person in a specific self, the, the persona, the own self, or is just the person relaxing without being in any particular self at that moment? The person is relaxing without being in any particular self. We are on the journey to discover the self. Mm-hmm. Right, so they are just themselves. Okay, no particular self. It's just if it's hairy, it's hairy lying mm-hmm. on the table. Okay. When they've relaxed, they let their attention float into the energy of the symptom and wait for any images or messages that may arise in any form. It can be visual, kinesthetic, like a body feeling. It can be uh, movement. It can be auditory, etc. And they just wait for anything that may arise, particularly if it makes no sense. Mm-hmm. 
And as this arises, we follow it. So let's take, for example, a young woman who had uh, not had her period ever, without, uh, except for a couple of years when she was on the pill. She was in her 20s at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she, after we'd gone through the steps I've already mentioned, she relaxed and allowed an image to arise. And the image at first was brown. Mm. Okay? Stay with the brown, I said. Brown. The brown is moving. Stay with the moving brown. What's happening now, I said, or asked. And she said, well, it's looking like an animal. Stay with it. What kind of animal? It's a squirrel. Aha, it's a squirrel. And the squirrel, what's it doing? It's looking around. What's it looking for? It's looking to be sure nobody's going to hurt it. Hmm. Now, if you follow that and notice... I have to put my rational mind completely out of the picture because there's a part of me that would love to (laughs) guess what it is, but I just put that aside continually so I'm almost in a Zen kind of state, just being open to whatever's arising. Mm -hmm. I have to be very not smart at this point, okay? Mm -hmm. And when this, when there's, when she says this little squirrel is looking around, is looking to see if someone's going to hurt it, can you hear that that has the feeling, the energy of a self? We found someone we can talk to. Mm-hmm. There's someone inside that's concerned that someone may hurt it. Yeah. So we found the self. Mm-hmm. Okay? It's not a particular familiar self like the care, cares for self that I was, cares for oneself that I mentioned earlier. It's a very particular self, a very particular energy. Mm-hmm. And we talked with that one for quite a while. And I asked it, you know, were you around in this woman's life? Oh, yes, I was always having to look out to see if I was going to be hurt. I'm sure you can hear, Serge, what's starting to mm-hmm. arise. Yeah. And I asked, can you give me some examples? And I was taking notes and... Uh, there was one example after another, like after another of of um, physical abuse in the family, in the extended family, in the neighborhood. Mm. And I said, never spoken about this, never. Mm. So that's what what was that's what was calling from behind that particular symptom. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, she did get her period immediately, and she's been fine. So. And she has, she had the work to do of dealing with that issue. Yeah. 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 So what it shows us is that the body is such a gold mine for therapists to use. If somebody walks in with a body symptom, to me that's as, that's a gold mine. Mm-hmm. Just as much as a dream may be to lead to inner process and what needs to come up. And we have a way of finding what the issue or issues may be that are trying to arise. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, um, so that, that's uh, also that, that example shows very much that sense of what you call the self behind the symptom. Mm-hmm. That, um, um, you know, that process of letting the self emerge. Yes, exactly. 
and uh, and how it started from um, just relaxing and sensing the energy of the symptom, not its manifestation, not its location, not the story that we tell ourselves about it and what it means, and but just uh, getting you know relaxed enough to be able to sense the energy and get some kind of a felt sense of it. Well, to relax enough to allow symbols to arise mm-hmm. that you follow and that eventually, because you're following the energy and a self has energy, yeah, you're following it to the energy of the self. So let's talk a little bit about energy, energetics. You know, you talk a lot about energy. What's, you know, what can you say a little bit more about that? Great. It's a word I feel so glad I can now use freely. <laughs> I, I used to shy away from it myself. I didn't know about all this energy stuff. And, and then I worked for a while in a town where I couldn't even speak it once I began to see its validity. And now it's, it's, uh, one is free to speak about it openly, which is a good thing. Each of the selves within us has its own energy. If we think about the hard-working part of us that makes the lists and keeps us going and, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning and that part of us is saying you'll feel so much better if you just finish up this last thing. Mm-hmm. There's an energy like that. There's take a very, let's take a very different energy of a playful child that just wants to go out and have fun at the end of the day and, uh, or there can be an inner critic that tells us how wrong we are on every single thing that we're doing and saying, I'm just giving you a few examples of yeah. energies of selves. And as we become conversant in the language of selves and the language of their energies, we can work with them in the body. And as we tap into the energy of the self behind the symptom, whatever that particular energy is that's emerged, that energy can permeate the body Mm. and help the body to shift and often to heal. Yes, yes. So just let's talk maybe to continue this, a sense of... um, um, as you have that energy, I mean, in some cases you mentioned, for instance, the case of um, this client who, after connecting with the self, had her period. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I assume the healing is not always just a, a result of sudden insight, but more of a question of um, maybe incorporating some of it energy more into life. So can you address this? Absolutely. You're completely right. And first of all, let me say that, um, and forgive me, I don't mean to correct you, but it's just Mm fine-tuning. The reason her body shifted, I believe, from working with folks now for almost 20 years in this work, was, yes, insight is, is good, but as she spoke, the energy of that frightened child was present. Her fear was allowed to be present for the first time. Mm -hmm. And it was the allowance of the energy of that fear of the child, the frightened child. Just think about a frightened child for a moment. That's a particular kind of energy. Mm -hmm. All right. It's allowance of that, not just the insight that she had, that there had been abuse around her. 
Right. But the allowance of the energy of the frightened child to be actually embodied right. as so she was speaking. That's a, that's a very major point. We're talking about uh, that energy that in a way was maybe frozen in the body and that she was able to feel in a way that she had not been able to feel before. Exactly. That's exactly it. Yes. You see, it's so different. I had a client who um, got to something. She'd had a body symptom for, for decades. Mm-hmm. And she... Through a conscious body session, she went into a place that, um, uh, I'm pausing because I wish I could give you the details, but I can't <laughs> on this particular person. Mm-hmm. Um, but she got to a place of childhood, and the insight was there about what had happened in childhood, but it wasn't yet safe for her to experience it as the child she was then. Mm-hmm. And the symptom did not go away. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I mean? So she Absolutely. had the insight, yeah. But she didn't have the energetic experience of that actual child. Yeah. 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 And that's, and that's again, uh, that's the part of where uh, all the work is about, uh, one is that relaxation, two is about having had the contact with the part that's the gatekeeper, uh, part of, you know, giving more room to the disowned self. Uh, and all of this process is a way to make it more possible to get the actual experience. Yes. A very true, yes. So I can tell you there are four different kinds of things that come up in an overall view. Mm. One is a pair of opposites, a very straightforward pair, like the caretaker or cares for self, a hard-working pusher versus the part that wants to relax, a, um, a part that wants to be special all the time versus someone that, that, that carries ordinary energy, uh, responsibility versus carefree energy, a very straightforward pair of opposites. Mm-hmm. Okay. The second thing that comes up often, and in my experience 30% of the time, is some form of the inner child. Mm-hmm. The third that comes up is some kind of emotion that's been buried that needs to be expressed. And the fourth is some kind of trauma that needs to be remembered and processed. Mm-hmm. Those are the four overall kinds of selves that come up. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in um, in the in the course of um, working with a client, you have that as a roadmap to uh, to check, in a way, how the process is going along. With yes, it's it gives you it's nice to have that kind of roadmap so that as material starts to emerge, you can go, oh yes, okay, I know where I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you're in the psyche, and anything can come up. Um, for I'll give you another example, shall I? Mm, sure. Okay, it's a graphic one. A woman came with a very advanced form of cancer. I will tell you, this woman did die. She, uh, for various reasons, she did not continue her work with this, and who knows 
if it could have helped or not. But I, but what came up for her was dramatic. Um, it was a very clear-cut pair of opposites. Mm-hmm. As we began to work, she relaxed. She got the image of a knife. And I said, just stay with that knife, please. She went, okay. I, that knife wants to kill somebody. I said, mm. who would that knife like to kill? I said, that knife would like to kill my husband and my daughter. Mm. I said, okay, could I talk to the part of you that would like to kill your husband or your daughter? Oh, I can't stand the way they treat me. They don't listen to what I say, et cetera, et cetera. And I was delighted this part was here because I could feel that this was the disowned self trying to come up. But in the blink of an eye, she switched energy and Mm -hmm. she started to cry and say, but I'm a kind person. I would never do that. I'm Mm. spiritual. I'm loving. Where is that coming from? Do you see the interplay of opposites there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as you are familiar with the roadmap of what may come up and the energies of selves and that there are opposites often at play, then you can field what's what's emerging and mm-hmm. deal with it appropriately. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what's the, uh, you know, in a... In, the case, uh, what's the inner child? Is that, you know, something that has a relation to that pair of opposites, or is it a totally different self? Or It's a self that often comes up on its own. Mm-hmm. It's buried, so... Um, uh, the inner child can come up from a body symptom in several forms. One is, as I mentioned a little earlier, it can come up as a playful child that needs to come out uh, in one form or another. Another example would be a woman I worked with with advanced cancer. Again, a woman who didn't, who wasn't able to follow up um, and did pass on. But she came for a session and um, out of her cancer emerged a child that said, I'd love to explore. Mm. I said, would you now? Would you like to explore this office? And I work in a space that's <laughs> amenable to that soon. Mm-hmm. So she said, oh, can I? I said, sure, go ahead. So this child embodied was walking around. There are lots of plants and some of them really big. And she said, it feels like I'm in a jungle and I really (laughs) like this. And, oh, I said, do you get to do this much in her life? She said, no, I keep wishing we could go out into the woods and stuff, but we never get to do that. Mm. You know, and so that's one example of, of a child that wants to come out and play or be adventurous or something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. Another example is a sad child. A child who has tears to cry and has never been able to do it. Maybe they grew up in an environment where there was a very strict parent who said, you'd better not cry or I'll give you something to cry about. Mm. I hear about that you know, in this country and in other countries where I've taught. That can be very common. And the 
tears of that child are buried and need to be cried. Yeah. Another child that comes up is a frightened child, as I mentioned earlier, like the squirrel. Mm-hmm. Where there's fear, deep, deep fear from something that happened in childhood. And it needn't have been horribly abusive. Could have, but it can be some kind of fear that needs to emerge, but from that child. Yeah. It's not our adult remembering it. That can be a step in the right direction. But it's the child inside remembering. Mm-hmm. So these are some of the children. There's another one. Um, a child that comes up that just says, I exist. Mm-hmm. You know, it was so ignored. Mm. It says, I'm here. Somebody see me. Mm. So that's another one. That yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. So as we're coming toward the end of the conversation, mm-hmm. I want to just say if there's something you want to say to... Uh, uh, to wrap this up or something that, you know, might be missing to give a sense mm-hmm. to people about this work. Okay. Um, is it alright if I'm practical? By all means. Okay. Well, um, as I say, I think, first of all, this work can be integrated with any kind of psychotherapeutic work. Mm-hmm. And it, is not hard to learn. It takes some time getting to understand and recognize and experience one's own selves. Um, but it's it's fairly straightforward work to learn to do. Um, I encourage people to learn. They can, of course, visit my website for trainings and things. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I have an article that may be coming out in the journal. Mm-hmm. Uh, soon about some research that was done over a 10-year period of of healing results with clients with this work. Um, and uh, there's a book about it. So uh, there are ways for people to follow up if they're interested. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thanks, Judith. This recording is part of the Somatic Mindfulness and Relational Psychotherapy podcast. See the website, relationalimplicit.com.